Hey Calgary, this is Sean Boonstra, host of TV's Authentic. If you've been paying attention, you know this world is starting to feel like it's coming unhinged with wars, pandemics, natural disasters, and unrest. And it turns out that Bible prophecy actually talks about this stuff and shows us where we're headed. Join me for a free event called Revelation Speaks Peace starting April 14 at the Windsport Event Center. Claim your free seat right now at revelationspeakspeace.com. Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, I'm very excited uh, to have two special guests on this program. If you've been watching Canadian uh, religious programming for some time, you're probably going to recognize our first guest. Uh, his name is Sean Boonstra. Hey, Sean, Bill. Hey, welcome. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Welcome back to Canadian television. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been, I think, close to two decades. So now I'm old and cranky. You know, <laughs> I was young and cranky the last time I was on Canadian television, but now I'm... You ever wonder, like, these guys that ran you off their yards when you were 18, and that's like... I used to You're wonder, becoming that? Yeah, I am that. I am that. <laughs> the kids across the street try and turn their car around in my driveway, and sometimes they leave a little rubber on the driveway, and it's like, I'm so irritated. Like, don't do that to my... You turn... You eventually, folks, turn into your father. There you your go. Grandfather. That's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Well, we're so happy. You uh, you were on uh, the It Is Written program. You were the speaker of the uh, It Is Written program for, that's right. for a few years. Right, so they ran me off, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And in fact, I stepped in after uh, shortly after Until you left. Until Bill ran me off. That's yeah. right. No, that's right. <laughs> no, that was a definite upgrade. When you took over that broadcast, yeah, well, it's like, yeah, then the ratings went up and people started to watch. You know, so, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure of that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, we're so, I'm just, and I'm thrilled to have you back. And, Thank you. Uh, you brought a guest with you. Yeah, this is uh, Alex. Alex works with me at the Voice of Prophecy, the ministry that uh, that we had. I've been there about a decade. You've been there what eight? About so, eight years or so. About wow. eight years. Yeah. He's an associate speaker for the broadcast and uh, heads up our evangelism department. And so we've been working together now for eight years. We met in Indianapolis. Indianapolis, working since, there for a while. Uh, 2013. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. He's pastoring a church there, and I remember we met backstage at a big event that we were holding at the fairgrounds in Indianapolis, and it's like. Take me with you. I remember that. Take yeah, I begged him you. to. It's like I want to, to do what me. you guys do, and he did. He did. Yep. It's it's a wonderful thing. That's why. Well, no, I I'm so grateful that you guys accepted our invitation to join us. You're going to be with us for a few programs, and we yep. want to learn more about uh, the Voice of Prophecy uh, ministry that you guys run now and the fine work that you've been doing, and a little bit of the heritage of that. But yeah, you know, I think I'd love to start just getting our viewers reacquainted with Sean and Alex, <laughs> to who you guys are yeah. and how it is that uh, you came to the Lord and, you know, your calling to ministry and how that all sort of came together. Sure. Well, I was, uh, I was raised in a church going home. You know, every Sunday got dragged to church twice, you know, and, um, and then dragged to catechism class midweek and, and so on. But I have to say that by the time I'm 14 or 15, there's no way to describe me other than heathen. That's really the best word for it, heathen. I went out into the world and it was a rough go for a while. And then I went to go hear a preacher in, I want to say 1992. 
I just saw, I, my brother got some advertising in the mail, and he okay. said, "Let's go hear this preacher coming through town." I said, "Ah, preacher." Eh, at this point, yeah, my life does not match my upbringing whatsoever. And he called, no, let's go. I said, I'm not going to a preacher. He said, no, no, we could go and heckle the preacher. That'd be fun. I said, well, that sounds, you know, okay, that would be fun. Let's go heckle the preacher. And the weird thing was I found myself standing in a baptistry six weeks later. Um, and uh, it was really a, a wild ride from there. As a matter of fact, leading up to that moment, it was just two days before, one day before, I'd come under conviction. It was this little voice telling me, you're not living the way that you were raised. Mm. You're not acknowledging me in your life. It's, it's the voice of God now I recognize. And I made a deal with God on the back porch of my house. I was sitting there smoking and having a beer and say, all right, here's the deal. You know what? You, you get me somewhere that makes sense. You let me hear a preacher that makes sense. I want to know that you're real, God, and you got to prove it. I got invited to hear this preacher the next day. Wow. The next day. The next so day. Six mm -hmm. weeks later, it's like, well, I made God a promise. If God did that for me, I'd go into the ministry. Yeah, wow. don't cut deals with God. <laughs> Folks, don't cut deals with God unless, unless you mean you're serious, it. yeah. So now it's been 30-odd years, 31 years, and yeah, 30 years of, of ministry now. Um, and landed at the Voice of Prophecy. And there was a lot that got me to that point, I think, Bill. Um, probably the biggest event, the biggest single thing I can think of that had me even making a deal with God that night, you know, if you're real, I need to know, it was a buddy of mine. We used to party. And his name, I'll, I'll hide his identity a little bit because it was a Canadian story, and who knows where his folks are today. Sure. But uh, I'll call him Steve, and, and Steve and I used to hang out. And one night I get a call. Steve is out doing what we always did. He's out partying, and he's in the back of a van. He's gone tree planting in British Columbia. Now what? Now what is that? Oh, okay. Those of you on the West Coast, you know what tree planting is. After they log the forest, they send in kids to put the forest oh, okay. back. You know, oh, okay. They plant trees. Oh, literally plant. Okay. They're literally planting trees. Okay. And so he's coming in out of the bush. That's very Canadian, by the way. Bush. The bush. Yeah, we would go work in the bush. He's coming out of the bush on a Saturday night, going to go party, and they're in a they're in a van, a whole bunch of them. And I don't know for sure. Pretty sure, knowing him, there was a lot of substance abuse that night, a lot of alcohol and, and what have you. They crossed the line into oncoming traffic, killed another family. He burned to death in the wreck. Oh my goodness. And I remember going to go visit his his dad and his mom, single single child, and his dad was trying to ask me. I'm 19, 20, 21, somewhere in that age pocket. And he's trying to ask me to be a pallbearer and he can't do it without an emotional breakdown. He's just sobbing in his seat. And I'm sitting there thinking, their lives are ruined because of what we do. Hmm. And not only that, my buddy's dead doing what we do and I'm not immortal. And that started me hopping churches, going to church once in a while and finally making that deal with God on the back porch. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll go into the ministry. I'd known. Here's the funny thing. When I finally went into the ministry and, um, and got a call and, and, and was ordained as a minister, somebody approached me, a family member, a fairly distant family member, and said, here's the deal, Sean, what you don't know. You were just ordained, right? Yeah. Your grandfather prayed your entire life that you would be a oh, minister. My goodness. Yeah, I'm going to break down on Canadian television, but I had no idea. And he went to his grave pretty sure I was lost. There was wow. no way to describe me other than lost. What a wonderful yeah. resurrection morning it'll be, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. It's like, <laughs> hey, guess who's here, man? I'm That's in the right, kingdom. Man. It's like, yeah, he's going to fall over. <laughs> but, but yeah, and uh, from there, it's like, you make a deal with God, keep it. And so it's been a wild ride since then, Bill. Uh, it is written Canada was part of that journey in the earlier years. Twenty. When did I start that? 25 years ago? Till, Something like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
I'm old, folks. It just happens to you. You don't have a choice. You just yeah, get I think old. I was three or four when you started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex is the old guy here. So, Alex, why don't you tell him how you ended up here? <laughs> uh, you know, my 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 journey is interesting. I, I lived in a in a in a Christian home, conservative Christian Hispanic home, and mm. and um, for for all intents and purposes, it was it was great. It was it was a fantastic place. Um, but but I, uh, I I lived in a big city. Um, my my wife now is she's a country girl. She lives was raised in the country, so she's made me a country boy. That's why I'm wearing boots now. But, uh, but praise the Lord! Look at that. Yeah, look at that. They they look alike. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know, if you would ask me back then, where does corn come from? For example, I'd tell you it comes out of a can <laughs> because you know, that's that's where I, where else does it come from? But. But you know, I, I I lived in in the big city, and and while I was in the big city, I started hanging around with folks that uh, that I probably shouldn't be hanging hanging around, even in the Christian world. You know, you can find anything you want where you go, and and so I I got into um, into you know never was a drinker or a smoker, tried those things. They just never appealed to me. But but stealing d did appeal to me, and we had a group that was that was uh, just stealing everything we could steal, and. And I remember I was out with a buddy one Saturday uh, morning. We were just driving town, and he was a smoker. I wasn't. And uh, he said, man, I, I, I need some cigarettes. I just don't have any money. And I said, oh, no, no big deal. Okay. Stop, stop, stop at, a, at a grocery store. I'll get you some. And so I, I went in, looked around. It didn't look like there was a whole lot of, of people looking. And so uh, I, I put a couple of packs in my pocket, pocket, walked out, and we got to the car. And I handed it to him, and he looked at him, and he said, "Dude, you got the wrong brand." I said, oh. "Really? I mean, it's free. So it's, are, it's free. Yeah, are you know, fussy. yeah. Things, I tell you what. So, so I said, uh, "All right, just just let's let's pull to another gra uh, gas station or, or grocery store." And and so uh, so we did. And as soon as I walked in, I knew something was wrong. It was like this this place is it just doesn't feel right. But wow. but I you know I was really bold at, at that point. I was a young young teenager, and I thought I'm I'm just gonna I'll buy a candy bar here at at this place, and I'll I'll, I'll grab a couple of other packs. And and sure enough, as soon as I checked out, there was a, a strong hand that grabbed my arm and walked me off to a back room. They'd had a bunch of uh, a bunch of stealing happening happening there, shoplifting happening there, and so they they they'd hired off-duty police officers to, oh to watch the place. Goodness. And you had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. So I, I found myself in this room with this uh, this um, seasoned officer, and and um, he let me keep my candy bar because I paid for that. But uh, of course the uh, the cigarettes. Um, and so I waited around. Uh, they called the squad car to to uh, to pick pick me up and. My buddy's out in the car, nervous to death, and of course he sees the squad car come up. and And I remember I I I was talking to the guy, and he said, uh, "So, what is it that you're planning on doing when you grow up?" And I said, "I wanted to be a police officer." And, and he says, "You can kiss that goodbye." <laughs> I, that was like a that was like a knife right right oh through my, my heart goodness. because that was that had been my dream for a long time. So I, I remember being thrown in the back of that car and uh, heading to juvie, and my my parents were out of town that that day, so I sat there the entire day until they they could get a hold of them. They came back. On the car ride home, it was it was one of those most somber moments. Oh my, you know, my 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 mom didn't say anything; she just wept the entire time. Uh, this is not the way that she that she raised uh, us. And so shortly after that, they moved. We were living in Atlanta. They moved us out of out of Atlanta. Uh, moved us out to Collegedale, where my dad had gone to college, and and I kind of started a new life. And, and and it was good. I was I was ready to start a new life. I was yes. ready to to give all of that all of that up. From there. Um, uh, I went to I went to college, uh, took uh, got a health degree, 
and uh, started on on the fire department. Uh, got got to uh, to to join the police department. Luckily, I was a minor when all of that happened. So by the time I turned 18, all of that got sealed. Oh, wonderful! And I had a new start in in life. And and so I, I spent uh, nine years in the fire service, uh, 12 years in law enforcement. Wow. And, um, and it was in that in that law enforcement time, uh, you know, it, it's a so it's a slow journey as God is walking walking folks through 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 their experiences and uh, and conversion. It was a, a slow experience. I'd still go to church, but you know, at the same time, running fire calls, going on police calls, it was, church was not necessarily a, a, a priority. And and I, I think that for me, it was it was um, it was a challenge that a, a Baptist buddy of mine uh, kind of put on me every time I'd walk into work. We were, I was working for the uh, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation as a, as a narcotics agent. And, and every time I'd walk into the office, he would, he would take the Bible and he'd say, hey, Alex, come here. Have you ever seen this, this verse? And, and he'd show me this verse that I had never read in my entire life and it would shake my entire foundation. It, it almost wow. was as if my parents had lied to me my entire time. The schools I'd gone to had lied, the pastors had lied. And so I found myself struggling and praying for the first time saying, Lord, I just, I just want to be in the truth. So show me, has it all been a lie or is it true? And throughout several processes that take way too long to, to be in one program, um, God got a hold of me. He got me studying the Bible again. Uh, he got me to, uh, to, to pray again. And, uh, and one day at work, um, I, I heard a voice. It was, it's like me talking to you guys right, right here. Um, and it said, do I have to get you shot in order for you to listen to me? And that scared me to death. I, I was married at the time. I went home, told my wife, and she was like, shut up. Don't ever say anything like that again. I said, I am telling you, honey, it is like you and I talking. Wow. I heard the voice loud and clear. And after that, it was uh, it was one battle after another. I'd, I'd go to work, kiss my, my wife goodbye, not know if I was coming home that night. I'd get into stuff that was just un just crazy. And every time you get home, you're you're just lucky to get home. And I'm praying every morning, screaming, I'm I'm not that stubborn, God. Just just speak. And uh, a few months later, he did. And, and when he did, it, it blew my socks off. He, it was the same voice. Uh, we were in the, I was in the car. There was nobody there next to me, but it was loud as loud can be. And he says, I've called you to the ministry. Hmm. And I could not believe it. I remember I had both hands on the steering wheel and I yelled at the top of my lungs, you've got to be kidding me. As I, as I, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't pull the steering wheel right off the, <laughs> off the frame, but, um, from there, things just just changed for me. I, I I really recommitted my life to the Lord. I fought. I didn't want to be a minister. You know, I I I just uh, people tell me, what do you like to do? I like to kick down doors and put people in jail. That's what I like <laughs> to do. But um, but God God extricated me from that life, and and uh, and I gave my life to the Lord, and, and here I am. Wow. Yeah. Very very powerful. That is amazing. So that's why I like to travel with Alex. If we get pulled over, he can talk his way out of any that's ticket. Right. You know, just like... Yeah, but he has this dream that he's going he's gonna to die on this fireball on the airplane that no, just I comes know. crashing down. So every time I'm on the plane with him, I'm like, Lord oh, Jesus, the, I'm gonna, gonna, what if this dream is the one? true today? I have Not had today. that dream for 30 years, yeah. about once a month, that I die in a plane wreck. And it's, I think it's funny to tell Alex because we travel oh, together. Mercy. It's like, yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, well, a minister's always got to be ready to die and to preach. Yeah. yeah, amen. Right? So for yeah. both, right? So I'm good. You know what? If it were to happen now, and this is in all sincerity, if it were to happen now, I had a scare. You know about it, I think, Bill, about 10 years ago, 13 now. Wow. I basically left a ministry on a gurney. I had a mystery illness, lost the ability to speak, lost the ability to, I was losing motor control and they couldn't figure it out. And I remember the first thought, well, if this is it, I'm okay. 
Mm. I'm okay. I'm okay if this is the finish line because right. it's not the finish line for yeah. me. I've got Jesus. I fought the I'm, good fight, right? I'm yeah, ready. Right. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I felt cheated though. I remember thinking, but my kids are little. Lord, if they could grow up and I could watch them leave home, then I'm not leaving behind a single mom. That was my prayer. Well, that's almost 15 years ago, Hezekiah's time frame, and so now the kids are grown up and gone, and so now Alex is flying around with me thinking, any day now, man, <laughs> any day, going down. Any day, here he is. Lord restored my health to the point where I went back to ministry, so it's just like, you know, whatever happened, uh, it was scary. I flatlined in the ER one day, and my I'm slipping goodness. under thinking, slipping under thinking, I, first of all, my wife made me go to the hospital. I don't need, I'm a typical guy. I don't yes. need to go to the hospital. Hospitals for wimps. I'm not going to the hospital. And then I flatline as soon as I get in there. And it's like, oh, I guess I did need the hospital. Mm, wow. And I remember slipping under thinking. This might be it, eh? That might be it, I guess. Everything good? Everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah, it's amazing how in those times, right, in those moments, how life has a way of everything falling into perspective and mm -hmm. into priority, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. I mean, how big your house is or what kind of car you drive or how big your big screen TV is. Yeah. All of a sudden loses all kinds matter. of value, all That's kinds right. of importance, right? Well, I often tell people that story. I'm laying on the gurney and I'm slipping under. I hear the thing flatline, you know, and I'm slipping under. My wife is shoving on my eyelids. Stay with me. She's trying to push them open. And I hate having my face touched. It was almost my dying words. Would you not touch my <laughs> face? Um, and I often have groups now. Close your eyes. This is not if, it's when. If Jesus doesn't return before this time, you will be on the gurney and it is going to flatline and it's the last 30 seconds. That's right. What matters right now? Exactly. What matters right now? Yeah. And it's amazing. And I've sat with dying people my whole life. It's amazing what doesn't matter. Yeah. Not in the last five minutes. Everybody ought to sit with a dying person. Everybody yeah, should. Right. Gives you a real sense of priority. It sure does. Yeah. It sure does. Yeah, I think that's, you know, one of our biggest challenges here in the prosperous West, right, is that the, how do you explain to folks the need for Jesus, right? I mean, you have everything. Yeah. You yeah. know? No, I mean, so what, I mean, should I be praying that my neighbors go through a health crisis? Nah. You know what I mean? So that they, that they seek the Lord. Like, do you, like, do you know right. what I'm saying? Right. There is a dangerous prayer I'll pray for, pray for, with people. And then parents will come to me and say, pray for my kid. My kid doesn't go to church. My kid doesn't love the Lord. I said, you, you really sure you want me to pray? Because here's what we're going to pray. Lord, do what it takes to get their That's attention. Right. Wow. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Are you ready for that? And it might not be a health crisis. It right. might be something. Look. My life was in British Columbia politics when I was a little heathen. I wanted to be the premier of the Minister of Finance for British Columbia. And I went to a fundraiser for a premier of British Columbia years and years ago to wait tables because I was a kid. And I go into the bathroom and here's one of the biggest businessmen I knew in Canada on the floor drunk and he's sobbing and he pulls his face up off the tiles. He's drunk. He's drunk on the bathroom floor and there's slobber running out of his mouth, a string of drool. <laughs> and he looks at me and he says, I'm nothing. And I looked at him and I thought, you're everything I'm shooting for in life. Wow. You've got fame, you've got money, you've got, you, you know, you've yeah. got every influence Power, in this yeah, country. Yeah, exactly. Your first name basis with the prime minister and the premiers of half of these provinces and you're drunk on the floor. And that was another wake up moment. In addition to Steve dying in a wreck, it's like, wait a minute, you're unhappy? I've based my whole existence on trying to get what you have and you're miserable. You're one of the most miserable people I've ever met. It doesn't matter in the last 10 minutes. That the, that's the question everybody, what does it yes. say in Psalm 90 verse 12? Teach us to number our days yes. that we may get a hard Count your days, how yeah. many seconds you got left, you know? Go to the internet death clock if you're brave enough, see how many seconds you have left, it'll blow you away. Yes. It starts counting down in front of you. On average, 
I've got, I think, you know, last time I checked was 1.3 billion, and then I went back 10 years later, and I was like down to 600 million seconds. <laughs> I mm. cut it in half. <laughs> it's not a lot. So what's going to matter in the last 10 minutes? The money, the fame, the cottage up country? Is that any? No. No, that's not. That's what everyone needs to ask themselves. What's going to matter in the last in 10 minutes? last moment, when I sure. hear the flat line. Yeah. Yeah. So live for that. Yeah. Live for those last 10 minutes. I've watched people go out with perfect peace. It's because they know Christ. Yes, exactly right. I was sitting uh, with a, a lady some years ago. She was dying of cancer. And uh, in her living room, just a sad, sad story. She had some young kids. And and um, I I remember her looking at me and she said, Pastor, um, I only have one one regret. Uh, her name was Michelle. And and I said, well, Michelle, what what is that? And she was like, I, I regret that I never learned to study my Bible. Hmm. And that just that just shocked me. You know, it, it set me in 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 my place. Here's this dying woman that that um, she knows it's over and, and over soon. And I'm thinking about my kids going to college, uh, remodeling my house. Uh, yes. What I what I'd like uh, I'd like to sell my my old old ski boat and, and get something nicer that I can't afford because they're a million dollars these days. You know, and all of these things that are going through my mind. And the last thing that's going through my mind is I wish I could study my Bible better. Right. But here is this lady. She has everything else has has disappeared for her. She's cut out all all of the stuff, and and now it's it's to this. She wants to learn her Bible better. And I walked out of there just saying, Lord, help me, help me get my priorities straight because I'm I'm as jacked up as the next person. Yeah, I think it was Jim, I don't know if it was Jim Carrey that once said, I wish everyone would become rich so they'd realize that that's not the answer. Mm. Yeah. That's well, I could tell you, yeah. Uh, I'm glad it's not the answer because I'm nowhere near rich. <laughs> <laughs> I say I have no money. I have no problem with money. No. I have no money. You have yeah, none. I don't have any. No so money, I, no problem. No problem. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean that is a that is yeah. a you know it's it's interesting as you've had a chance to travel in some other parts of the world that you know are not as blessed as we are here in the West and um, you know it seems like when folks don't have uh, a financial system on which to, you know to depend on they tend to gravitate. Right. right to things of God, and it's it's almost a shame that that's the way you know that that that's what has to happen, right? When we're so blessed here, you know, my neighbors drive nice cars and have, you know, a nice home, and the need for Jesus seems to only arise when a crisis comes in. Yeah. That's right, you know, and uh, you know it's on the airplane when you know you tell someone sitting next to you, I'm a pastor, and they're thinking, oh wow, I got this flight with a pastor. Five hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hit some, you know, heavy turbulence and all of a sudden they're happy they're sitting next to the <laughs> yeah. pastor, right? Amen. And they'll pray for me, pastor. Not this pastor. I'm the one who's going to die a, in a fireball. That's fire exactly ball. Yeah. right. Uh, we only have a couple minutes left. We're going to have you guys back again next week. But okay. give us a quick snippet of what, of what's happening at the Voice of Prophecy. What is the Voice of Prophecy ministry? Oh, man, and you want that in just a couple well, of we'll, minutes. Well, we'll carry on next week. Just give us a quick, right. well, uh, I tell the, you the Cole's we, Notes version. Yeah, yeah. Cole's Notes? On the air since 1929, started in a chicken coop, radio show. It's radio and television today. We're about to turn 100 here pretty soon. Wow. Yeah, not me. Alex, yes. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm and, up there. Uh, and we're really busy in Canada right now. As a matter of fact, we're busy in the city of Calgary, April 14. We're at the Wind Sports Center. If you've ever wanted to understand Bible prophecy, Come on down, it's free. It's check revelationspeakspeace.com and uh, come join us. Bible prophecy is the number one reason I believe in God today. Um, and it's not as goofy or weird as a lot of people think. There's a lot of common sense in there. And uh, we're putting on a workshop at Windsport in Calgary that tells people, look, 
Uh, here's how to read it for yourself. I'm not going to tell you what it says. I'll just give you the tools you need to read it for yourself. And so we're going to do that there for um, for quite a number of nights, starting at the Windsport, perfectly free, revelationspeakspeace.com. So we're busy in Canada. I like getting that's busy. Wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I have an Albertan wife, so, you know, I've got to go back there once in a while. That helps. And so we'll make sure that, that uh, we'll get a link on our website, l4ltv.com, and there'll be a they'll be it'll be running along the bottom as a scroll right now as uh, as as you mentioned that and so that's april the april, april 14th, 14th i think I don't yeah. know, i'm old yeah. i keep slipping april 14th yeah i think so well you know i want to have you back next week okay. and let's talk about some bible prophecy right. the importance of bible prophecy Deal. you know in today's life and why is it you know why should someone take time from their busy schedule to learn like what is it about bible prophecy that's so relevant and so important yeah, all right absolutely. for us for us living uh, today that's a deal if you'll have me back i'm coming back of course yeah that's <laughs> great like, anytime i get to hang out with bill sand uh -huh. it's like no really it's been years since we've known each other and it's just great to get back up here well well thank you sean and alex it was great it was great it was meeting you i hope your first experience you. on canadian television was a positive one it's been great you guys have it warm in here this is fantastic I've been teaching to speak some canadian there you go yeah well it's great sean would you uh lead us in prayer as we wrap yeah. up father in heaven just thank you for the peace of mind that we find in christ i know that maybe somebody watching today hasn't found that yet. They've That's pursued right. a lot of things in life, but haven't found meaning or purpose or peace of mind or calm in their heart. And I'm asking that they'd hear your voice today, yeah. most clearly calling them to the same peace of mind that you've granted millions over the years. We just want to put our hearts and hands in, in your capable possession, Lord. Guide us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our book offer on each and every program. We like to provide you with a resource, uh, something that'll help you on this spiritual journey. And today we have this wonderful little book called Words of Hope, Stories of Everyday Living. We'd love to send you this book. It is a gift from Lessons for Living Television. If you're interested in requesting your free copy, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. Alex, why don't you uh, let the viewers know again when you guys are going to be in Calgary and what to expect from those exciting meetings there? Yeah, absolutely. We've been, we've been working there now for some, some time. Uh, We've been, been there actually for the last three years and we've had uh, a grief seminar that we've brought in, a, a marriage seminar, we've, we've had health expos that we've done, a, uh, an exercise program, a Let's Move Day that we rented a park and, 
and had the community come out and doing exercises. But on the 14th, on the 14th, Bill, we're, we're going to be doing a prophecy seminar. And it is, it is just fantastic. I, this is uh, the prophecy seminar that I first met uh, Sean uh, with when, when, uh, when he, was, he was doing that some years ago. And it is, it is just an incredible way to get to know the Bible. It, it's, it's very historical. When we right. talk about uh, prophecy, we're talking about Bible history, yes. uh, the, the future of humanity and on all of these things. And, and, and some folks have, have said in the past, oh, it's, it's difficult to understand. Yes, and, that's what we hear all the time. But when, when we look at it um, through the whole lens of scripture, taking right. the entire Bible, um, we find that it, it's, really, it's really not that difficult and it makes a lot of, of sense. And so we're, we're gonna unpack that uh, for, for a few nights, looking at, at what has happened in the past in, in history and what's going to happen in the future through the lenses of, of scripture. I think it's, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be a wonderful time and we just want everybody to come out. It's free and so just come out and, and hang out with us. What was the website again, Revelation? RevelationSpeaksPeace.com Revelation. Uh, you can find out everything there. Register for free. We'll save you a seat. We will save Perfect. you a seat. Yeah. We will have a link on our website, L4L TV. We are all out of time. Gentlemen, thank you. We look oh, forward to having you, having you back us. next week. And Thanks, we hope Bill. you will join us also. We'll see you then.